Recently, on the Disciples of the Eight, the Disciples learned more of their situation and made a deal with some dragons to work together to find a way to save the world from the king. Soon after, they learned that a recent encounter with some wire creatures could lead to the king discovering their location. But before they could do anything about that, the dragons came to whisk them away to meet their benefactor, who ended up being the last person they expected. The benefactor introduced them to the rebel underground and then brought them into their training grounds, the Imaginarium. Now it is time for the disciples to show what they have learned and prove their skills against a very dangerous foe. Okay, as you look at the items that you see in front of you, We'll start with Vikros. Vikros, what you see is a set of gauntlets. They are green-scaled. Looks like they go about to your elbows. And you notice uh, right off the bat after that, fingers are tipped with very sharp claws, and there are two small notches on the outside of each gauntlet. It is explained to you that those are the wyvern's claws. Uh, you use a bonus action to deploy the claws up out, and actually as you do so, you see the bone of the claw shift from up the gauntlet and then as you relax your hand a little back in falls back in along the forearm artemis you are shown a very simple vest basically looks like it's a bland kind of tweed look to it as you get closer you see that it's actually got glyphs and runes up the side like some type of ritual spell would have and that's explained to you that is the war mage's armor Basically, it is a vest that permanently lets you cast mage armor without any ill effects on the rest of your spells. For wall, there is the shield of arrow catching. It is a large kite shield sheathed in a bronze or copper. Uh, sorry for you to tell right off the bat. You do notice that the front of it has several small dimples in it, like it's been used or tested before. And it is explained to you that you can use that shield to either become the target of an attack range attack that's made five feet from you or uh, if you're within five feet of an ally you can direct the attack towards you instead of them arame you are given a couple of choices a very flashy scimitar and then you went with the raven's wing what that was is it's a not six and a half seven foot long spear it's fairly large metal shafted small leather grip spots in the middle the base and then again right before the head the blade itself of the spear has light etches of a wing on it and the butt cap is not a flat butt cap it is actually a crescent moon to hold it there this lets you cast two spells with a dc 14 modifier spare the dying or toll of the dead and you can also three times a day use raven sense as an action you can see and hear through the senses of a raven that you can see within 100 feet of you up for up to one hour. You were offered an escort out so you could continue what you wanted to do, which was figure out what in the hell the Imaginarium was. Mm-hmm. is along for moral support, but she still has a lot of questions. Who remembers the name of the fussy little Coke kitty? Lily says hello. Fluffy, or, God, now, now I've got the cat on my mind. The stuffy little kobold that you ran into. Sprinkles. My notes say, we meet Sephysis, and then underneath that, spelled differently, Sephysis, and then under that, Sephysis, and then under that, Sophie. Yes, Sophie is what he had given you permission to call him. But he turns to you guys, and he... <clears throat> so, uh, again, still kind of playing with that voice, trying to get it just right. You would like to see the Imaginarium while she gets settled and proceeds forward with what we have. Oh, yeah. What is it? Yes, please. Certainly sounds interesting. Okay, so he takes you out through the door. Think very much the doom sound when he opens the doors. Which doom sound? Of doors opening. Of getting punched in the face. Ugh! <laughs> <laughs> Hang on one sec. I'm just getting the thing to fit. I got the subscription so I could do the premium lighting and everything. And Jesus Christ, it's hard to do. It definitely takes some tweaking. Yeah. And so I just, I'm trying to get time to, so I can actually do it because I want to do it for you guys. Just getting the time. It is dope. 
Sophisticus is taking y'all down a hallway, and he's kind of giving you a running dialogue as to what exactly you were getting yourselves into going into the Imaginarium. And he's using words that both Artemis and Icky are kind of intrigued by. He's using words like temporal anomaly, possible realities, things like that. None of it really kind of makes sense to the rest of you. He's talking like very high-level magic and technologies. That's going right over my head. At some point, Rami just kind of starts rubbing her temple because this is giving her a bit of a headache. (laughs) Artemis tries very hard to understand everything. But you're not there yet. (laughs) Wall is just walking along and he's humming the Doom theme in his head. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Only he's played on floppy drives. And basically, in out-of-game talk, so you guys know, what they've managed to do is recreate basically the Matrix. Oh, wow. And this is what they use for their battle training before they go to war. Hell yeah. I imagine this beats anything Rome's ever seen for her battle training. Sophisticus looks at you guys. And, and pretty soon in layman's terms realizes that even though Artemis and Icky are paying rapt attention... Oh, and I'm scribbling just furiously, just all years of fucking parchment being just filled with notes. Uh huh. I take down anything that I understand. He kind of looks over. He realizes that Icky just has what is basically a stream of consciousness dialogue written down. And Artemis has other realms, temporal distortions, and just like a couple other few phrases. And he, um, this would be more of a. Think of it a ultimate dimension for your mind to go to help you learn to polish your craft. Huh. It is also where we go when we capture new elementals to help explain to them what we are about and convince them to join our side. Interesting. Which, since you guys can see the map, that is a good portion of why the map is how it is. Different safe zones, basically, for the elementals to be. That's cool. I might have to, you might have to send me a picture of this to share whenever this thing comes out. Yeah, definitely. And so he walks, and it's, you guys are walking through those same kind of sterile, eggshell white corridors. There's not many doors, but from what you've seen in the rooms, it's because the rooms inside of them are just massive. You stop after a few minutes of walking, uh, almost perfectly in time with him telling you what the room was. Instead of doors open up, and there are people-sized suits of armor like what the elementals were wearing. Okay. None of them look like they'll be a perfect match, but there's a good enough selection hanging that you guys feel you could probably find one that is close enough to you to get you ready to go. So is this how we enter them? Oh, yes, yes. Find the correct size if you'd like to wear one, then by all means. And he points and there are notches kind of cut out into the wall. Again, very similar to what the elementals had stepped back into in that first lab you guys had come into. As you go in, it will appoint to your power centers along your back and the top of your head, and port you into the Imaginarium. Power centers? Well, the technical term is the nerve endings for your main cortexes. Mm-hmm. Artemis, at this point, has just ran up to uh, a suit of armor that he can throw it on. <laughs> and he's already started trying to put it on. I mean, it looks less a suit of armor and think more a like a hazmat suit. As far as getting in, so it's got little buckles going up the front and across the back for you to kind of strap into. So everyone who's putting one on, which I don't know who that is, so whoever would like to put one on, you're more than welcome to. There are enough suits for everyone. Yeah, seeing Artemis take the initiative to follow, follow suit. Arame is curious, even though she doesn't fully understand what any of this is doing, and she she's wants to try it. Well, I have no idea what putting on armor is. this is such a foreign concept how do I get dressed how does this work why (laughs) he's he's got both fucking legs through one leg hole just pulling (laughs) that's that's a big leg (laughs) it's very stretchy Hulk pants everybody go ahead and give me a perception check if you get anything for touch go ahead and give me that advantage roll do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, folks. 
Hey, Dice like me today. So far. <laughs> so far. Just gonna casually knock on wood. Okay, so everybody passed. It was not a hard check. You guys notice there is, as you cinch the last of the buckles up, it's not fully on, but you notice as you get the buckle to get the arm and the wrist tightened down over the glove, you feel a slight tingle and it shifts a little bit so it fits tighter around you. And Sophisticus sits down at what looks to be just kind of a blank desk. And as he sits down, what appear to be pools of mercury bubble up and float and tilt towards him. Uh, and all kinds of symbols start to pop up on him. So fast that you're not able to see what he does. He just starts dragging stuff around. He's obviously very familiar with this. And you guys notice that there are holes in the walls that were previously dark. You could see them, but now lights pop on. Choose your receptacle. I was going to say, are there any differences? No, from here there are no differences. Aki, you do see that there are smaller, what you'd guess would be cobalt-sized ones? Yeah. And you're able to find one of those, no problem. If Rabbi's just probably going to go to the nearest one that is her-sized. Cobalt-sized is best size. (laughs) (laughs) So, everybody's jacking in, right? What was the seven for? He's deciding which one to go to. Oh, gotcha. I didn't have one in mind, but I think I started heading towards the same one as Artemis did, so I'll go to the one to the left. As everybody kind of gets lined up and set in, if the one I'm really excited about is Icky, and you'll understand why in a minute. Really briefly, in your mind's picture of yourself, how do you actually see yourself? Oh. oh. Hmm. And I debated about sending this out in a text and having you send it to me, but I thought this would be a much more off-the-cuff and put-you-on-the-spot way of doing it. He sees himself as a master arcanist, pretty obviously. Okay. Do you see yourself more in the prime of your youth, with more knowledge than you have now? Oh, yeah. He's somehow 25 and knows all of the secrets of the universe. (laughs) (laughs) So this won't change what you know, but your physical appearance will change according to how you see yourself in your mind. Yeah, he would see himself younger, most definitely. Probably in his early 20s. I don't think there'd be any difference for me. Not calling myself perfect, but I'm not striving to be anything different. Yeah. Right, you're good with what you what you are. Okay, solid. Let's go around it. Let's go with Arame. I was debating have her look the way she did, like, just before the fire when she had basically kind of decided to desert, even though that didn't end up going like she thought it would. But with what Matt just said about Vigorous being in tune with himself, I think she sees herself as more or less the same. Okay. Because she likes who she is now better than who she was then. Except for maybe some of her scars related to who she was and the things she's done might be gone, though that might not be obvious. Right, at just at first glance. Yeah, but she still does have some of the burn scarring on the, like, on the side of her face and the side of her head. Okay, let's go with Wall. Well, of course Wall sees a badass. <laughs> So pretty much the same, then. (laughs) (laughs) Two feet taller. (laughs) Always two feet taller. (laughs) And now I say for what I feel would be probably the most entertaining, Mr. Icky. Ah, man. This is tough. Oh, man. The perfect Icky. Icky with wings. Like, I like to think, because it's not quite been long enough for your whiskers to not be that shriveled mess that they were. You've got your whiskers back to their bushy fullness, at the very least. <laughs> Icky would love to just be covered in filth, so. <laughs> and it's something that Artemis can't even clean off. Because <laughs> it's just part of how you see yourself. <laughs> also, I would always have my sweet bat wings. Okay. I would definitely be slightly bigger than I actually am, mm-hmm. so... Instead of my, like, two feet tall, I'd be, like, three and a half feet tall. Okay. <laughs> like, massive, as far as rat men. <laughs> as far as you're concerned, just fucking a giant among rat men. <laughs> Fur is definitely, like, clumped with some sort of unknown thing that's dried onto it. 
Um, I'd say yeah, probably the whiskers are still frayed and burnt. That's fine. Okay. I'm fine with that. Just at this point, you've you've adapted to it. It is what it is. Icky doesn't even notice when Artemis cleans them off. Okay, so as you guys step into these things, you hear Sophistus. It sounds like he's talking inside of your heads, going, Get out of my head. Close your eyes on three, two, one, and open. And if you guys want to drop your character tokens in to where you would like to go on this map, and if you would drop in as close to the little platforms in the nodes for me, or the center platform as well. Also, I think another thing is her armor might look kind of like a mix between her paladin armor and what she wore in the military, but with absolutely none of the king's colors on it. I also found Wall in Wall's mind. <laughs> Did you drop me a new picture? <laughs> oh! <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> All right, if someone <laughs> makes me a token of that, I'll drop it in the system. <laughs> Bug wings and everything? Absolutely. He saw you flying, <laughs> and now he wants to as well. Alright. Yes. I mean, he mostly looks like <laughs> Artemis, but he stands up straighter. And has brown, silky hair, and very smooth, unwrinkled skin. And Roma is confused by this child who has joined the party. <laughs> <laughs> also, the rat got bigger. Where would you like to port into, sir? Ice. I'm not picky as long as it's not fire. She's fine. So is this like a conscious decision our characters are making? It is an unconscious decision that your characters are making. Gotcha. That's what I figured. Because of my affinity with ice now. I don't know which one would actually make more sense beyond this is purple and I like the color purple. I guess mine would probably be where Vicarus is. Is that like Underdark-ish? That is actually the swamp. Oh, oh hell yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey. So we've got ice, swamp, fire, water, I'm guessing forests and... Deserty. <laughs> what is this? The pain and torture realm, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and you are surrounded by spears. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is the Feywild energy. Oh. Interesting. The Feywild would actually make more sense for my backup character idea. Imagine having a backup character. <laughs> I just have a closet full of character ideas and I'm like, eh, Scarlet could work here. You guys hear coming what sounds like in your heads. It also sounds a little bit like it may be echoing from in here as well. Sophisticus saying, Ah, there you are. You have made your selections. This is where you feel most comfortable in nature. Kind of look around and I I see Vikros and kind of giving him like a a raised (laughs) eyebrow. like (laughs) Interesting choice. I I did not expect this. Oh, I mean... I'm a little unsettled. (laughs) (laughs) I guess this rather does make sense since I've had to hide out here for a while. I've moved her to the forest. I saw. Yeah, you moved him over to the forest. Not the pain realm? Feywell doesn't fit her as well. Are we just on these little, like, dioceses, or are we actually in those realms right now? You can see, so there's a faint shimmering light coming from the front end. If you've seen Valerian, think the bubbles that surrounded them when he was in his hollow immersion on the ship. I have not seen it. Gungan City. Ah. Okay. Not that same purple glow, but it's kind of that shimmery, effervescent, almost a white, but you can see through it. So you know that there is something else in the middle here. But where you are, you are surrounded by the sounds of the swamp, Megawall. You hear the sounds of reindeer stomping in the distance. You can hear the ice cracking. Artemis, you are surrounded by the sound of just boiling lava, the smell of burning sulfur, and just terror, I would assume. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, and Rame would just be like non-functional if that was where she found herself. <laughs> Rame, you were surrounded by uh, the sounds of a forest, ancient growth, huge trees towering above you, birds chirping in the distance, the sound of game running through the wood. Artemis could be like, I think I might have some kind of uh, issues if this is where I'm most comfortable. It's less that you're most comfortable. It's more it attunes to something inside of you. Mm, even more troublesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not really. A good half of his spells are fire spells, so. Yeah, but what sort of repressed? It's rage. It's always rage. Okay. So you are welcome to either explore your little area if you have the wherewithal to do so. Artemis, you are basically just on a dais with a large cobblestone bridge connecting to that middle portal and nothing but lava. Like, if you can make it 30 or 40 feet out, you could get to the side of the mountain and possibly get out of what appears to be this volcano you're inside of, but you, you would have to figure out a way to do so. Hmm. I look upon my surroundings and see everything with a natural 20 for 25. Oh, damn. <laughs> With a 25, you get a brief glimpse of an odd screen surrounding you. And there's a weird fellow with glasses staring back. And then it snaps back and you realize that that was very odd. <laughs> that was odd. No, you can hear all of these noises. But after about 60 feet, it's indistinct. So you can't really see anything around you. You just hear the activity of things going on. Wall remembers the stories of old that he has once been told. And like that episode of Samurai Jack, he closes his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Icky is searching for signs of life other than me and uh, Vikros. It's kind of the same as with Wall. You hear things in the distance, but around you, it's oddly still and quiet. Hmm. So you hear the chirp of bullfrogs. You hear that swoosh of things sliding off mud banks into the water, but there's nothing near you. Noticing Icky picking in his surroundings, I'll do the same, and I'll say out to him, Icky, be, be mindful. He did mention something about combat simulation. Be ready for anything. After a, f a few minutes of kind of looking around, uh, Artemis, what are you doing, sir? I guess I'm going to try and climb the edge at first and try and get up there. Okay, as you step down to the lava, how are you getting to the edge? Hmm. Ah, dimension door. I'll just go to the top. Okay. So as you go to cast it, your door opens on your side, but nothing appears on the other side. That's troubling. You guys all hear a frantic voice now selling, Stop, stop, stop! No, no, no! Please proceed to the middle! Middle? Any advice, disembodied voice? Wall heads to the middle of the ice room. <laughs> you hear an audible... Arama is just going to take her time following the instructions, just enjoying how nice and peaceful it is. And then you hear... If you would, please proceed out of your chamber towards the white pearlescence, and we will discuss what you just saw. Oh, okay, I just start walking that way. <laughs> I'll reach my hand out and kind of, like, poke at it a bit and feel it. Aki, were you down in the water? Oh, yeah, I was splashing around. and <laughs> You noticed that while you were splashing in the water, at no point in time did you ever feel wet. I would probably chalk that up to this not being real. Artemis, you never felt hot while, of course, the cold didn't bug you. Never bothered me anyway. Fucking Elsa up there. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. <laughs> Arame, you feel like it should have been a gentle spring day with how everything looked. You couldn't feel a temperature, though. She might also, like, attempt to, like, touch one of the trees. I don't know if she would feel anything, though. There was definitely something there, but it didn't feel like a tree should feel. There was something missing to it. Goody, the trees are weird here, too. After a moment of extreme discomfort and panic at immersing in, in lava, he'll be like, ooh, and he'll pick up some. There's no heat. There's nothing. It doesn't burn you. Or your cape's not singed. Your pants aren't singed. And you're actually able to hold it and 
it still has the viscosity of lava, so it's just like watching a bowl of jelly slide out of your hand. Oh, oh I must take some notes about this. Lava, it feels like this. <laughs> <laughs> so how does the pearlescence react when I touch and feel it? As you touch it, it shimmers a little bit and radiates out uh, almost like a, uh, if you threw a rock at a still pond away from where you touch it, but there's no resistance to it. It looks like it's just there. Yeah, so I'm putting a hand through, pulling it back, and if nothing happens, then I'll headlong into it. <laughs> well, we'll test it like he tests everything and just walk through it. <laughs> Rome takes one look, last look back before walking through. Just like, it's so nice and quiet here, but I have to go make sure those guys don't get into anything stupid. <laughs> As you step out, these walls are not to the ceiling. They appear to be like a half wall. There's a little screen, and you see as you step out, you th- you three do. You guys don't have a You just have an opening to the pulpit here. What appears to be images of what's going on in your respective rooms. So for a brief moment as you step through wall, you actually see your leg walking out of that ice enclosure. Same for Arame. Artemis, I'm assuming you still have the lava in your hand. Oh, yeah. You notice that was the only thing is when you stepped through the hand that had the lava kind of pulled back. And so as your head snapped forward and you saw that screen, you just saw the lava kind of come plump <laughs> on the cobblestone bridge behind you. <laughs> oh. Hopefully that doesn't hurt the bridge. <laughs> Otherwise, the next person is going to be like, well, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> you notice that on either side, there are switches. The voice tells you, if you were to hit those and there was other beings inside of the rooms beside you, you could toggle to view those rooms as well. Hmm. Artemis toggles through all of them. You get a quick glimpse of all landscapes, water. I was kind of sitting when we went to the desert. There is a dark, dark cloud cast over the desert and just constant flashes of lightning. The forest, you get a little crackle of energy coming through ice. Of course, the water, just endless water as far as you can see. So as you guys step out, kind of look around, these are little half walls, and you can see down in here there are tables. These are bookcases that appear to be filled with just note after note after note. A little table, it's got some testing equipment on it. A small statue, can't really tell of what, it's fairly faded. And then a small ring of stones, it looks like there could be a fire there if you wanted one. So I'll step into the middle here, and... Upon seeing one of the, the bookshelves, I'll just start. Yeah, you said there were books around and notes. It's rifle time. As the rest of the party steps in and I notice Wall noticeably different and Artemis <laughs> noticeably different. <laughs> and I see Icky bigger than ever. My wife blinks a little bit when she sees all of this. I will then make an attempt and let me know if this is possible to then alter my form consciously. Okay, tell me how you want to alter it, and that will set the difficulty level for what you're going to do. It's going to be a concentration check. I want to turn into Mecha Icky. Oh, yes! <laughs> okay, so uh, how big are you going to wind up being? Four feet tall. Probably like normal human height. Okay, so like five and a half, six feet. Which is huge for me. Yeah, like, Damn. Go ahead and give me the concentration check. Because you don't know how to do it yet, it's going to be much harder. Hold on, i got to find a sweet picture of a rat mecha. Actually, you know what? Let's do it as intelligence. And if you pass that, it'll be a concentration check to hold on to that image of yourself. Ah. Uh. So for a brief moment, you guys see what you would assume to be an icky. If he were walls size and part rat man part warforged he's weird angles he's long he's tall he's got an elongated scalp his eyes glow what color would you like your eyes to glow sir warpstone green yes eyes glow a vibrant green and for a brief instant he's that and then he's back to what you guys recognize Icky as and then he blinks right back to what you saw when you walked into the center huh something else That was amazing! (laughs) Artemis, upon seeing everybody else beforehand, actually looks at himself for the first time. You notice that those hands aren't quite as wrinkled and gnarled. 
as you're kind of sitting there thinking, as I'm guessing you're wondering, you know, I wonder what it was I look like, a small hand mirror pops up in front of you. Ooh, fantastic. When searching for, like, rat mechas, I'm getting a lot of pictures of Rat Trap from Beast Wars. (laughs) (laughs) Are you just going to end up looking like one of the mousers from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Upon seeing Icky do that, he'll be like, hmm, maybe a foot of height and 50 pounds of muscle. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, go ahead and give me the intelligence check to get there. Oh, boy. So you are able to, you don't feel any different. All of a sudden, your eye height is much bigger than what you're used to. And you feel slightly broader, but you were able to successfully make yourself a foot taller and you're now built like a young Jean-Claude Van Damme. Rob is just extremely amused by all of this. This is amazing! All I want is for the anime sheen of light across one of the blades on my shoulders. (laughs) (laughs) For a brief moment, what appears to be a blinding light shinks off of all four of the blades on wall. (laughs) Arome definitely, like, a shield tries, like, uh, no, right, right, right. And you hear an odd voice go, Mecha Wall. Artemis, your muscles are fabulous. And I'm going to try and give him one of these handshakes. This is the manliest handshake? Yes. Yep. <laughs> he reaches out and returns in kind. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead now and give me the first concentration check. There's a brief moment when your hand hits, it shrinks, and it's just your hand that kind of goes back to proportion, and then it's right back to the size it was. I'm going to be so terrible at imagining these things, but so great at holding on to that image. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Mr. Rami, what are you doing while they are throwing it up over there? She's just kind of watching us, and I also imagine she's just moving around, testing, like, oh, that that doesn't hurt as much as it used to, and things like that, but I don't know if she's quite ready to look into a mirror to see if who she looks like, if she looks like herself or who she was before, but I think she's just watching. Okay. How about Mr. Icky? Now, you attempted to do your mecha transformation, and it just didn't work. Oh, I'm absolutely going to try again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) You are able to do so. It kind of flickers in and out. It's almost like you're having a hard time actually seeing yourself as this. It's something that you want, (laughs) but it's like you know at the back of your head this is just kind of a fantasy. Yeah. And so you're able to hold it for the most part. There are brief flashes where you're not, but you are your mecha form, sir. Holy shit. Actually, you mentioned that, like, Artemis is able to kind of bring up a mirror, right? Uh Uh-huh. I think Rome might bring up a mirror and see if she can put the scars away. Yeah, so you start to kind of wonder what you're looking like. You're you're more open to that idea, and that's just not that you see Icky make himself this massive Warforged rat man. <laughs> You're able to pull up a another hand mirror. It doesn't look exactly the same. Artemis kind of had a, a steampunk flair to it. Yours is much more kind of simple, a soldier's mirror, basically. And you are able to see whatever you think you would look like in this realm. I imagine there's just like a moment where anyone who's looking and sees the burn scars kind of fade away and she's kind of like stares for a second then shakes her head and like puts it away really quickly and they come back she doesn't particularly like like remembering that person okay so for a brief moment what you guys see on her is the burns fade out and there's almost like a war within herself that she doesn't seem to be aware of where there's brief moments where they're completely gone and there's moments where they are worse than you guys ever saw them instead of being kind of just on that side of the face they are across her entire face and all covering her hands pretty much anywhere there's exposed skin and it, it, it takes a second to kind of simmer down to what you guys are used to seeing on her yeah and then she just puts the mirror away and acts like nothing happened but she's a little spaced out now 
maybe sort of subconsciously her hand goes to her pack on her side where she has the drawings and the lists that she's been working her way through. Which I don't know if the pa- Actually, no, I'm pretty sure the pack is still there, even if it's not fully there. I found a good portrait. <laughs> I grab Icky by the shoulders and only having to look down slightly at him now. Say, like, you look so awesome. So you said this place was used for training, yes? Fighting. He said fighting. You guys hear and see the queen step out from the Feywild portal. And she is huge when you guys first look at her. Oh. I mean, she dwarfs even Mecha Wall. And then as she gets a, a moment, squares herself away. After the bro shake, Artemis was busy looking at books. As you're looking at books, what is on your mind? Arcane theory. You notice that there appears to be a whole pull-out drawer, and as you look at it, the letters kind of blur and reform. They're constantly moving, and they finally settle, almost like the title wasn't set until you started to look at it. And it says, Arcane Theory. Broad topic. I leave through a bit. So, we can find pretty... It'll turn into whatever we're looking for. To an extent. As you guys say that, and Wall is asking about fighting, you all hear the queen go, Fighting, research, whatever our hearts desire can be found here. Whatever our hearts desire, that's a rather broad statement. Well, as long as it is something that we are aware of and that we can do. That makes sense, of course. So I'm reading this Arcane Theory book. Do I see anything that I wouldn't already have known? Nothing like what you were hoping you'd be able to find at Jinnabon's Tower. It appears that these guys are less concerned with pushing the boundaries of what's possible and just applying it in new ways. After she gets done with her spiel of, you know, whatever you can think of, Wall will run over to the, the books as well, and he'll start leafing through till he finds something on the Silverhawks. You find there are actually like seven or eight different entries for Silverhawks, and it appears that only one of them pertains to your mercenary band. That's the one. I want to know what happened afterwards. What happened after? As you start to open it up, you get to where you blacked out, and then you see the notes about your captain surviving his tortures, and then you guys meeting. You're meeting this morning. And tell you what, give me an intelligence check to see if you can kind of pick up some of the subplots and lines in there. Yeah, this is gonna go so well. <laughs> uh, oh, 15. Not bad. With a 15, there are notes in there that there's something off about your captain. And he doesn't seem quite like himself. But they're not sure if it is something nefarious afoot or just a side effect of the tortures he went through. Now, I know him pretty well. Did I notice anything off about him? I tell you what, now that you know this, give me an insight check. Insight is a little bit better. In fact, it's a whole lot better. Uh, Got a 12, though. You are not sure that you noticed anything off about him that you, you wouldn't ascribe to old age and the effects of torture? But you could, if you would like to, make note, and the next time you guys interact, pay more attention for things that are off, stuff like that. But from your conversations, everything he told you jives. It's all square. There's just kind of little things. He was a little shaky. He was a little fumbly. He told you that he was having trouble remembering certain things. But all of that is very much in line with the torture that he went through. All right. I will make note of that. And there was nothing in there about the fate of the town? Nothing in there about the fate of the town. This appears to be focused purely on the mercenary company and its personnel, not what was around them. So using very exaggerated robotic-like movements, Icky's going to walk over to the shelf. <laughs> I would like to say in my mind what I'm picturing is Big O. Yes. And, <laughs> and he's going to think about transferring consciousness into artificial body. <laughs> oh no. Yes. Oh no. Yes. You were able to kind of rifle through, and the queen is just kind of letting you do your thing. She moves over and she just kind of sits down in one of these chairs. And she's just kind of hanging out, letting you guys play around. 
not stressed in the tiniest bit about what you guys are doing. And there are several times you guys are confident you started to hear Sophisticist say stuff and then just cut off on his own. She is just watching, kind of bemused. She's got a small smile on her face, but she's not stopping anything. Icky, you find what you're looking for, and all it says in that file is, terrible idea, no one has survived, do not attempt again. (laughs) (laughs) So far. So you're saying there's a chance. And you see underneath it, it is just 30 or 40 pages of names, four columns across. Deceased, 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 deceased. (laughs) Yes, but I need data on that. (laughs) As you get to the back, you can see that at some point in time in the transfer process, it looks like for all of them, their mind just stopped. Well, hmm. (laughs) This is the first time the queen just... And looks at you and... <laughs> I think Aroma is going to go to a shelf, maybe kind of further away from people, and she's going to pull out a book and start looking at what's known about what happened to her after she supposedly died in the compound fire, just to see what all they know so about that situation. You get very much the same as what Wall got when he was looking up the history of the Silver Eagles. Hawks. Hawks, sorry. Oh. It'll lead you up basically to the point where you arrived and the queen started speaking to you. Okay, so it follows from everything, right? Yeah, nothing new to you. It's in line with everything. So either they've taken a lot of time to watch you, or she had someone transcribe this after you were selected those months ago. Is she able to maybe switch focus and see if there's anything on Dante and if he survived? You're able to pull it up. You actually kind of notice he's a footnote in one of the appendixes. And it says C file number and list off a string of like 19 numbers. I'm sure she's had to find files before. She could probably find it. As you put that back, everybody's kind of getting done shuffling through stuff. The queen taps her staff and she looks pointedly at Wall. Yolo. And she's, I believe you would like to attempt... Perhaps a contest of wills? Done. And by wills, you mean fighting, right? And she taps her staff, and the bookcases pull into the walls. The fire pit drops in, and the desk drops in. Everywhere that you guys are slowly starts to lift. The roommate pulls her hand back from where she is about to grab the file. Like What appears to be hard steel shells drop down and block off everything around you guys. Damn it. <laughs> God damn it, natural one and you got a 12. That's ridiculous. Uh, wait, I have advantage on those. <laughs> damn it. As the floor levels up, she steps back Fuck. to here. Everything's gone. You're now on a level playing field. Just a big circle. And she says, well, have at it. Damn it. What have you gotten us into? (laughs) So as the floor clears and she says, then let us begin. Oh, hold, please. And she swirls her staff around and tinks it to the floor. And everyone is now back to your original form. (laughs) (laughs) There's basically no change for Rome. It doesn't even matter because that's how Wall sees himself anyway. Icky, if you would kindly surge, damn, load your standard character back in. The only thing that changes about Rome is her armor. And you guys also notice your magic items that you just received are given to you here. So if you hadn't imagined yourself with them, you now have them. So, very similar to the Wicked Witch of the West melting in Wizard of Oz. <laughs> or slowly shrink. <laughs> we'll get it back one day, my friends. So, retrial on attunement is still going with our new items, is what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> 30-day trial. Awkward moment when 30 days in, in the middle of a fight. Like, Wait, why, why is it working? Yeah, 
I've already given him my credit card information. I'm ready to pay. Wait, watch you flash. Yeah. I was about to say, I might regret saying that, but I can always delete it from the recording so you'll have no proof. <laughs> Editor privilege. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I was like going back through and there was a moment when like Robe mentioned something about Dante apparently like Tim nodded. I was like, wait, I, don't, I didn't notice that originally. Wait, does he know something or was it just related to something completely unrelated? I don't know. <laughs> so I was like, fuck it, she'll check for it here. <laughs> but apparently DM is not ready for her to have that answer. <laughs> Maybe he knows you're not ready for the answer. Mm-hmm. I've gotten a taste for teasing my players with answers and not quite giving them yet, so I get it. Okay, folks. There we go. Go ahead and just type in your, your initiative. Like I said, because I forgot to ask you to do it. You were welcome to re-roll it as well. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hey, nice. I will take either one of those 18s that I rolled. Oh, yeah. The 12 tracks with me because I don't know exactly if we're about to fight each other or what's going on here. So I'm not, like, sprinting to punch someone yet. <laughs> Wall just heard somebody was fighting, so he came and ran. Yep, yep, that's done. I'm... Nobody's getting punched. Wait, did mine not go through all the way? It did not, but I saw your 19, so I've got you. Huh. Wait, where's my spells? <laughs> <laughs> that's actually... I'm pulling up her spells and stuff. I mean, Shield of Faith, we know who that's going to. Me! Uh. <laughs> I don't have a lot of spells that hurt things. It's a lot of fix it and GTFO. I got the spell hurt now. Don't worry about it. I'm concerned that the Queen has a turn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you thought there was going to be something else happening here? <laughs> Ignore all of that. I'm concerned. Nikki's not concerned. <laughs> <laughs> the way I read that, she just challenged the entire party to to, to fight. <laughs> also, it's this is where they do their practice battles. We're not going to die here, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> if you die in the game, you die for real. The intent of this fight is not to kill us. The intent of this fight is Wall decided to challenge someone who's probably more powerful than I want to think about, and we all got dragged in. Hey, if it is a fight to kill us, this was a very, very bad way to go about <laughs> it. complex way to go about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess this way, if this doesn't kill us, then they have us all locked into the ball, so... Ooh, she is not gonna go first. You hear that, guys? We got a chance. <laughs> Very little has been told. I just heard there's a fight. Are we fighting each other? Who knows? We all rolled really well. Icky, you are up first. As she says, begin, she looks through the group and, well, what have you learned in your absence? With great disdain for the one who took away his mech form. Perfect form. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he pulls that ripcord to start up the engine on his gun and he's going to aim at this bitch <laughs> you did this to me <laughs> actually first I'm going to this is like you said just like solid everything's receded in the floor there's like nothing you're basically in the battle dome so there's no real cover, nothing like that. Well then, I'll just straight up, after I get my gun started, slowly settle down and go prone and extend my little stand, taking sights at her. <laughs> very casually snipe her. Uh-huh. Just very, uh, like, you can see I'm, like, frustrated and just... <laughs> 27 hit. That'll do. Damn, 25. The molten slug screams across the room. Ow. So yeah, there's a boom and it hits her and you see the bullet go through her and she smiles. Ah, I see you've improved that golf club. Go 
golf club? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I'm offended. And she smiles. And you notice as she does, her snout gets a little bit longer. And her skin takes on a change of color. And as I grimace at the fact that it seems to have no effect, I will reload and end my turn. And I'm just sitting here like, her butt gets longer? You won't. She has a snout now? And she takes on a decided golden tinge. I can throw it. How does like the dragon cult? I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) There's just a lot of the moment of, what did we just walk into? (laughs) What is it with you and dragon cults? Look, these are well-documented findings. Documented by who? She smiles and she says, he beat you without transforming this time. How could you beat him without this? And in her place is an ancient gold dragon. Thank you for joining us and stay tuned next week to find out what happens on Disciples of the Eight. If you don't want to wait, you can get early access to our episodes over at patreon.com slash pseudonymsocial. If you like our show, please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcasting app so people can know where to find us. We couldn't do this without your help. Disciples of the Eight is a production of Pseudonym Social, changing reality one story at a time. It is deemed by the amazing Bob Tedwell and produced by me, Brianna Toybert, with music by Patrick Chester of Chester Studios. We have Brock as Icky, Ryan as Wall, Matt as Vicros, Spencer as Artemis, Cash as Magdar, Kara as the Anonymous Druid, and myself as Arome. To get more information on this or any of our other shows, check out our website at pseudonymsocial.wordpress.com.